Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering and myself, Josh Hartley. How are you doing, Tom? I am good, thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, I've not got much to report outside of gaming stuff, apart from the fact that that I shocked Tom a little when he came on webcam, because I've now had... Listeners might not have even seen a picture of me, but I've always had fairly long hair, and now I've gone super short. So, um, I think I'm, I'm still getting used to it, um, to having like a prison haircut, but <laughs> I'll get there. You will, you'll find that the maintenance is significantly reduced uh, mm. on what you need to do. It is one of the, the small blessings of being follically challenged. Uh, it does make maintenance a, a little bit easier, as I've... I've learned for a, a very good period of my adult life, um, which is always nice. Um, and you don't have, you know, your head doesn't get too warm during summer, which is, mm-hmm. uh, in this kind of weather, a bit of a blessing. I'm legit concerned I might, like, sunburn my scalp, though, so <laughs> I I've do want to be careful. Yeah, Ooh. you're, you're going to need to probably slap a bit of extra sunscreen on. I, I've done that a couple of times. Uh, and and I think the problem is as well because it's not an area you see very much because it's mm. obviously above your eye line. Um, so unless you're looking in like a mirror or something, uh, you, you can't necessarily tell until it's too late. Yeah. Um, so I've had that a couple of times where like I actually burnt it really bad one year. Um, it like wasn't even that sunny or that warm, uh, but I was going outside a lot and mm-hmm. I was I was walking around like on my lunch break at work and walking to and from work and stuff, and I got up midweek. And like my scalp basically peels off. It was oh a, no! It was a bit gross. No, 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 no. Okay, right. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen to me. But uh, yeah, have you have you been up to much this week then? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, so I posted on the uh, the Facebook for uh, this here podcast that I had. Re- I spent uh, an evening reorganizing my. Uh, Marvel Champions stuff. Um, I got a couple of new sets in. Uh, I got the mm. Drax and the Venom sets in. So as I was sorting them out into the boxes, I got a bit carried away and I did that thing where I sort of sorted one box and then another box and then shelves. Um, so it kind of spiraled uh, a little bit. But I, I'm probably quite weird for this, but I've spoken previously. Like I actually just really enjoy organizing stuff. Like, I, it's something I find really satisfying, so, like, I don't blame you. Uh, my, or, or most of my gaming stuff is now packed away in boxes in anticipation for me moving house. Um, so I will I will have to do that when I'm on the other side of, uh, of my move at some point. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's just something oddly satisfying about organising your shelf. Yeah, sp- speaking of shelves, our, our viewers obviously can't see what i can see but uh because josh has packed everything away he has the loneliest bookshelves behind him at the moment oh yeah yeah they look real sad at the moment <laughs> um but yeah packing's going all right 
I um, I think I broke the back of it. I mean, like, you get the most important stuff done first, and actually I packed up all my board games. <laughs> like, um, but I'm I'm getting there. I think uh, this weekend I'll I'll get a fair fair whack done as well. Yeah, that's fair. Is it is the weekend after this one that you're actually moving? So isn't it? week on sat- Saturday the thirty first of July I'm moving. Yeah, exciting, mate. Exciting. It's creeping up. It's not <laughs> Real even creeping. Fast. It's ramping up. Mm. Oh, that's quite good though. Um, at least you're ahead of it. I I detest packing. Um, I like organizing things, but with mm. packing, you know that it's it's kind of futile because you're doing something to immediately undo it. Like that's the whole point of it. You well, know, yeah. <laughs> although it does serve a purpose from getting things straight from A to B, you are basically putting things in one situation to take them away from it, and that is, it's a futile waste of time. I mean, it's a little different for me because, like, I'm going to be living with my brother Oscar, so most of my stuff is actually just going to go in his garage. Uh, like, I won't, like, I won't bother like unboxing any of my games while I'm living there. And mm. um, the hope is that I'm not going to live there for particularly long. Mm. Um, well, I, I find a new place for myself, a new Casa del Josh. Um, and I was speaking to um, a friend of mine earlier this week. I'm making a point of, one, having a dedicated gaming room. And two, having a really nice gaming table. It's what I really want. So, On the, the subject of new Casas, uh, I've got a flat viewing uh, myself on Tuesday. Oh, nice. Uh, because I'm obviously starting to, to look for a new residence uh, mm-hmm. now that my lease is coming to an end here. So I've, I've got a flat viewing about three streets away from where I currently live. I mean, if you look, but here's the thing. It's a nice area that you live in. Yeah. And you know the area. And, you know, with it being so close, that's, that's kind of handy, right? Yeah, so I'll make the move. If I can get kind of a crossover in dates of like a couple of weeks... It means I can move most of the smaller things myself or just get mm-hmm. a couple of people to, to help. Uh, and then I can get movers in to do the, the big stuff and it'll be fairly cheap as well. Um, the good thing about being a GM for a lot of people is you can call in a lot of favours. <laughs> yep. Yep. I imagine that's the case. Um, it's like, if you need a hand with it, let me know. I can, I can come ship up you the weekend. Up. <laughs> Yeah, I can come up for a weekend to help. Put put you in a crate and bring you up for a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember to punch some air holes for me. <laughs> Give me a little bit of water. Like one of those hamster right. bottles on the yeah. side. <laughs> yeah. Should we, uh, should we talk about yeah. some of the, the recent releases and announcements? Let's. Yes. Uh, you wanted to have a chat about Marvel. There's a new expansion for Marvel Champions coming yeah, out. Yeah, so there's a few that's been announced. I think I've mentioned some of them historically, but there's one that's been given a little bit more detail today, and it's it has been rumoured for a while, and we've kind of known it's coming, um, but this is the first time they've properly kind of previewed it. So it is a new scenario pack, which is effectively a new villain set to, to go up against. Uh, and it's a quite an obscure villain. Uh, it's a villain called The Hood, um, who's a villain... Was it, was, wait, wasn't he the guy from Thunderbirds? That is, there is a villain in uh, in Thunderbirds called The Hood as well, yeah. Uh, this is not that guy. No, uh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> although that would be an interesting crossover, at the very least. Mm. But then you're, you're bordering into, like, Magic the Gathering territory. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we won't unpack that kind of worms again. No, not today. 
Um, so basically, the hood is kind of a street level villain. Uh, at least sure. this iteration of him is. Um, you know, he tends to to operate in New York, and he's he sort of has a a small criminal empire. And mm-hmm. if if I remember, I think he has some degree of like supernatural powers, or he gets some degree of supernatural powers throughout his career. But the way he seems to have been presented is he's he's largely kind of a, a mob boss. Sure. character in this uh, but he wears kind of a mantle uh, with a hood, hence the name um, and his set is kind of all about uh, bringing in a few other smaller villains, so people like uh, Shocker um, Crossfire mm-hmm. um, you know familiar with all of these names are you being sarcastic again? Yes Okay. I, I've never heard Bloody shocker! Shocker's What's his a, thing? Shocker What's is his a, thing? a classic villain. Actually, he's a he's a Spider-Man villain predominantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually appears in the uh, Marvel Homecoming film in, as an iteration. Oh, uh, right, cool. His his whole stick is he has a pair of gauntlets that uh, shock people. Funnily enough, uh, give off a blast of energy. I always really liked him. He was in the Spider-Man animated show that I watched when I was a kid. But he has, in the comics and in the show, he has a really goofy outfit that's sort of this yellow and brown of course. sort of mesh <laughs> thing. It's it's not a good, it's not really a good look, but I always quite no. liked him. Um, but yeah, it's all about um, these street level criminals. In, in, my, in my head, because I don't know why I'm making him quite lame, but I, I, I am. But in my head, like you see the, those gauntlets he has. It gives you a shock, but it's more like, you know, when you get a, a static electric shock off, like, a, the car door or something. It's like, ooh, ooh. It's a, like, it's that's a little, it. bit, little bigger than that. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you, you mentioned him being lame, and I think that's a weird thing about Spider-Man's rogue gallery. Like, he, he has kind of some very cool and very well-known villains like Venom, Green Goblin, mm-hmm. Doctor Octopus, uh, who are kind of cool, although, like, the original Doctor Octopus is a little lame. Uh, but then, like, he has some really lame villains as well that, that aren't really that great, but he's more of a street level, you know. Yeah, I think in Spider Man's defense, like, every single superhero in existence has some lame superheroes in their rogues gallery. Oh, Batman's got some shock. Calendar you know? Man. <laughs> Calendar Man, Condiment King. Uh, yeah. What's the other one? Uh, Polka Dot Man, I think he's called. Uh, who's appearing in the new Suicide Squad film, incidentally. Oh, um, I, th- I think, as, as silly as they are, I kind of mm-hmm. like the goofy villains. Um, I think they... Because that's what they would be like in real life. Like, you know, y- you'd have some who'd be, like, really threatening and stuff. But, you know, if mm-hmm. you get a really lame power, like throwing polka dots, you know, you're going to get nicknamed something like Polka Dot Man. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to be your thing, and it, it's not particularly threatening. Um, so I do think you know if if we had real life superheroes, that probably is what you'd end up with. Some of the some of the villains being a bit like meh, <laughs> a bit meh, meh. Uh, so yeah. yeah, anyway, to to pull it back to uh, to the announcement. So yeah, we've got the the hood coming out. Uh, I'm not sure on the exact release date. They tend to keep them quite vague. Uh, I think even before COVID was a thing, uh, yeah, they they were always a they'd give sort of a ring fence area, but then I think once COVID became a thing, it was like coming when it comes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is a, a fair way to be because there's so much that can go. 
bit wrong. Yeah, that's it's fair enough. At least no one's getting disappointed, right? If you only the deadline, so exactly. I did. I also remembered something else uh, that was announced that I didn't tell you about before. Oh, you're so throwing me a curveball. I know. I know. We normally discuss this and plan so thoroughly, uh, mm. but in this instance, this is a we don't listener. We, we, we don't do that really. A little extra uh, tidbit, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And it is basically uh, it's to do with Critical Role uh, okay. and 5th edition D&D. And they have announced Critical Role themselves are releasing uh, the Taldori Reborn campaign setting. Uh, an epic and expanded source book with four new subclasses, new art, and many more surprises. So I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Critical Role now have their own publishing wing yes, uh, called Darrington Press. Uh, and this is coming out via that. So they've had mm-hmm. a couple of books historically. They had the Guide to Taldori, which was done through Green Ronin. That was the first book they had. Then they had uh, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount through uh, Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. And now they've got this new one. Now, f- from what I've seen, it was literally announced like an hour ago. Um, okay. <laughs> so off the press. From what, what I've seen of it, a lot of people are saying it, it's basically a reprint of the Green Ronin one, but kind okay. of refreshed and updated. Um, but what I do like is the releasing alongside it uh, a GM screen uh, and some additional uh, maps and things, I believe, as well, which is kind of cool. Love a, love a good map. Love a good map. I, I will definitely be picking it up. Uh, sure. It's not not even so much because I like Critical Role, although that is obviously a factor. But mm-hmm. I just think their books are really, really good. You know, Matt Mercer yeah. for for as much as people say that he's he's been a detriment to to some people's expectations of the gaming experience, uh, which I don't agree with. Uh, he he writes a good uh, a good background book. Yeah. Uh, and they usually get good art, and they get the community to do the art, which I think is really mm-hmm. good as well. So watch this space fair enough i think if anyone if anyone's going into a D campaign and you're expecting it to be like critical role i think you you definitely um you're setting yourself and uh and your friends up for a big disappointment because not everyone in the world is a professional voice actor uh, so there was a there was a bit of a shift so i remember when critical role sort of spiked uh, and it was at a point that I was still heavily involved with the Pathfinder Society. And I think mm. Ewan was one of the first people to kind of experience this firsthand where people would come to a table, and this is an organized play table as well, it's not like mm. a home game, and they would think they were on Critical Role. So they'd try and have these like really in-depth character conversations, you know, these try and get these really big, you know, emotional moments, and you're like, we have three and a half hours to complete this session yeah while i appreciate what you are going for one you're not very good at it and two <laughs> do not have the time <laughs> wow wow you did you ever actually say well, you're not very good at this no no i would never say that to someone's uh, face anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like you get all sorts of, of experience levels and, and play styles um, at games, especially at organized play tables. And you mm-hmm. did have to, you know, mitigate sometimes some people's, you know, some people were too, uh, 
hasty and too combat driven some people you know spent too long on the role playing it was all about getting kind of a balance both for actually getting through the session and for uh you know everyone's enjoyment mm-hmm. i remember i did run a session once at a convention and i got there was an npc in it and i got way too into this npc i was sure. really enjoying playing him i did like a really stupid he's like a he's like a young guy who wants to be an adventurer and tags along mm-hmm. with the party mm-hmm. uh and he, he really like kind of bigs them up and he's a bit fanboy um, yeah. And I played him as kind of the the kind of typical teenager with the kind of oh hi hello there and you know that kind of really yeah, nasally oh sort of <laughs> accent. Uh, and the players were loving it. I got really into it, and I looked at the clock, and like half the session had gone with us just bantering with this oh, random well, nerd. To be fair, like as long as people were enjoying it, yeah. and like I suppose you can just say up front to the players. Guys, uh, we, we're we're gonna run out of time, so let's maybe maybe let's uh, uh, pick up the pace here. That's pretty much what we did. I was like, we've got three combat encounters to get through. Uh, let's just go. Um, and I think we we finished a little bit late, but we were fine. So yeah, yeah you've you've got to find a bit of balance. Anyway, uh, I think you have a, an announcement as well, do you not? Uh, we've got yes, uh, Games Workshop uh, have revealed a little bit of extra information about Warhammer: The Old World. So if you haven't been following, this is um, a different game that they're developing, and it is set in Warhammer Fantasy's old world, the world that was the 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 the, the setting that uh, prior to Age of Sigma is what the fantasy uh, game used. Now um, there's been a lot of speculation about what this game is going to look like. Um, so let's just dive right in. First of all, uh, they do talk a lot about Kislev, so I think it's I think we're, it's quite safe to say we're going to uh, get some miniatures for for them. If you've been following, if you're a fan of the Total War games, uh, they are a new faction in the upcoming expansion for uh, not even expansion in Warhammer Total War Three. Um, so I would expect the miniatures to aesthetically look a lot like the Kislev soldiers that are featuring in that game. So we've probably got a fairly decent idea on what they're going to look like already. Loads of Cossack-style uh, clothing and ice bears and the like, So, which is all cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they have confirmed that it will use square bases, uh, just like ye olden uh, times. They have confirmed that it will use the same scale as the rest of the game or the majority of the Games Workshop games. They're not dropping the scale down. I know that was a very popular um, uh, rumor that they were going to do that, so they've uh, ruled against that. Uh, they have said that um, in, in response to, is this a totally new rule set or is this based on 8th edition? They've said both. Which to me is like, well, well, that's not possible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, what I'm guessing that they're getting at is it's going to play similarly to Eighth Edition, but hopefully some of the some of the bloat out of Eighth has been removed and streamlined. Yeah. Um. They have, and they they haven't um, confirmed any release dates yet. I think similarly to the folks behind Champions. I don't think they're wanting to risk disappointing people. So, um, so that that's just about um, the 
they do talk about orcs as well, so I do wonder if that means we're going to see some new orcs for Warhammer Fantasy, which would be cool. I think the uh, other thing they, they've alluded to, and I don't know if this has been mentioned previously, but I noticed it, is that it's not going to be set in the same period as Warhammer Fantasy was. It's actually yes. going to be... I think it's Magnus the Pious kind of era. From it's, what uh, quote-unquote, um, it is uh, several hundred years before the end times. Yeah. The end times being when... Warhammer Fantasy was set like just before the, the at the cusp of the end of the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it means that there's a lot of history that you can play through um, in in fantasy. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I've always been keen on mm-hmm. uh, having a return. So it's a tricky one for me because there there's one thing about Age of Sigmar I really like, which is I like the round bases. Uh, I think round bases look nicer than square bases. Mm -hmm. Ranking up was always a pain uh, historically in in Warhammer Um, and, you know, dealing with movement trays and stuff like that. Um, So I really liked that about Age of Sigmar that they they brought in a sort of more 40k skirmish element Mm -hmm. to it. Uh, I think I've mentioned previously, and you certainly know that I don't love the Age of Sigmar lore. I found it very difficult to to kind of connect with um, mm-hmm. which I don't have that issue with Warhammer Fantasy, I love the lore of, of that era mm-hmm. um, so I'm really glad from a lore perspective it's coming back uh, and you know to get a return to the armies on a slightly more negative spin and I mentioned this to you uh, yesterday I think it was I changed all my dwarves to round bases. Oh no. So. Oh no. I now either have to rebase all of my dwarves mm-hmm. or get some sort of, you know, modifier base that lets me treat them as square bases as well. Either way, it's extra cost and a pain. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's a game I'm going to play because mm-hmm. I've kind of started to make the shift to Age of Sigma. You know, I've got the rule book for the new edition. Uh, I've got I've got the start of a new army. My dwarves mm-hmm. are already converted to it. So, and there's only so much you can play kind of thing. Um, I think it's, it's taken a long time to come out, which is maybe slightly to its detriment. Right. Because some people, like myself, have probably just accepted Age of Sigma, even if we don't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's kind of my take on it. Um, I, I'm glad they're doing it. Will I get involved in it? Maybe we'll see. See what they bring to the table. What about you? No, I, I'm uh, I, I'm intrigued by it. Like, likewise, I don't know if I'm going to dive right into it. Although, fortunately for me, my old undead army is still on their square bases, so I'm I'm okay on that front. Um, I think it it all depends on what kind of factions we see. So I think I think it's fairly safe to say we're going to see Kislev and we're going to see Bretonia mm-hmm. because uh, they, they they focused on Bretonia in a previous announcement. Yep. Do you, do you think there's any other factions that you would love to see them uh, revisit? I suspect they will revisit for definite all of the old world. So you'll get the Empire, Kislev, Bretonia and everything that kind of falls between those. Mm. Um, so I imagine Wood Elves will probably reappear, Dwarves will reappear, Orcs are obviously going to reappear, Undead will reappear. I don't know how far afield they're going to go 
beyond that, if they're going to bring in things like Lustria, I kind of hope they don't. Uh, mm -hmm. If they're going to bring in Augurs as, as an army again. Um, yeah. If they're going to go as far as like Tomb Kings, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and the slightly more exotic armies. Um, they might do. They might just bring everything back uh, and just add new stuff onto it. In which case, if they're going that way, it'd be great to see, as well as like Kislev, it'd be look great to see stuff like Cathay. Yeah, I was going to say it would be great for them to... Because we never really saw anything from Cathay at all. We knew no. it existed, but... Um, but the other the other one that I'm thinking is let's get the armies of Tilia, the dogs of war. Let's see oh, them yeah. come back. Yeah, I love uh, the, the old dogs of war. The bird men. <laughs> yeah, they, they was, the dogs of war were very cool, but there were some weird units in there. It was like yeah. the, the halfling chefs with like the soup catapult as well. Oh yeah. No I, was that not for the Empire? Maybe. The half on hot remember. pot. Might have been. It's That's what time. you need in a time of war. Some some very short people flinging hot soup over every over the enemy. I wouldn't charge an enemy battle line if someone was flinging hot soup at me. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fair. That put me right off for so many reasons. <laughs> you know what you're getting into when you're charging a battle line, but when there's soup flying through the air, that's, you know, all, all bets are off. That's dangerous. <laughs> that's uh, the weirdest response to war ever. Oh, <laughs> well, there's dangerous. It's dangerous, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. I think it's I think it's a good idea, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more about it. I think based on what we've seen with, with Age of Sigmar, we're in, we're in for some really nice models, mm -hmm. uh, definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the lore as well that, that comes yeah. out of it. Uh, I play a lot of Warhammer Fantasy role plays, um, and they do focus more on the classic era that you know we knew from from the last few editions. Mm -hmm. So it'd be nice to see a bit more lore about the older periods of time, you know, that have only really sure. been touched on. Yeah. Well, watch this space, guys, and we'll keep you updated. So uh, we'll we'll just have to be patient and wait and see. So. That's all the the news stuff that we wanted to to cover off. But um, what gaming what gaming stuff have we been up to uh, since we last recorded? Have you um, we, we we had a session of Star Wars. So when you say we, you make it sound like we're like a married couple. <laughs> Tom and I are not married. We become sort of a, a singular entity. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, we've we've. We've got two games on together this week um, because mm -hmm. we've got we had Star Wars on Tuesday, and we have Age of Sigmar tonight as well. Uh, after this recording, or which is on Thursday for for clarity, um, so on Tuesday we ran. Uh, so we were playing Star Wars: Edge of the Empire, um, and you were originally kind of a selection of mm. uh, vagabonds. Uh, that had come into possession of a ship and, and were kind of engaging in various missions and over the last few sort of uh, stories we've had you've, you've had a few run-ins with the Empire and you've had a few brief dalliances with the uh, the Rebel Alliance and the group had sort of started to shift in favour of supporting the Rebels um, due to having a rebel sympathizer in your ranks anyway mm -hmm. uh, in Ryan's character uh, you getting the memory core of a rebel droid uh, added <laughs> into your personality <laughs> matrix uh, and um, the the various encounters you'd had with them and the fact that obviously you were rubbing the empire the wrong way Yes. Um, so 
as of Tuesday, uh, we officially made the shift to it being a, an Age of Rebellion game, which mm. fundamentally is very little in the way of a change. Uh, it changed a background mechanic. Um, yeah. In that you went from having your obligations as uh, smugglers and criminals to having duty to the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about what happened in the session? Yeah. Well, we so so we've now been inducted into the rebellion, and we've been introduced to Scott's uh, new character, whose name is escaping from me right now. Is he Zeg? Is, is that Zang? Zang. Zhang, I think it's Zhang. Scott, I'm really sorry we've got this wrong, but Zhang, uh, who is, um, I can never remember the name of the alien race, but it's the He's Greedo. There we go, thank you. Rodians. Uh, 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 Scott has decided, in an interesting turn, to, to give this guy like a Cajun Louisiana accent, which is has been real fun. <laughs> it's sort of, it, it's a, because obviously Scott is, is not a professional uh, voice actor, uh, he kind of mm. slips a little bit between sort of Cajun and Texan, um, yeah, quite, quite fluidly. Um, yes, <laughs> but, but I mean the the fortunate thing about that is because it's a sci-fi setting and neither of those places actually exist. Doesn't really matter, yeah, uh, because it's not like he is from either of them and he's doing the wrong accent. He's just doing the accent his character has, and he has a uh, an interesting character reason from it in that uh, basic is not his his first language and he's obviously learnt it off other people and has adopted uh, their speech patterns and uh, mm-hmm. a number of uh, he, he uses words incorrectly or pronounces them incorrectly which is quite a fun character trait to have yeah. uh, much like when your character speaks and I play beeps in the background <laughs> uh, yeah. so yeah you got to meet his new character uh, carry on Yes, uh, so we've been introduced to him and uh, we've now been tasked with tracking down uh, a hostile creature at this new base that we're at. Um, the, the, the planet we're on is like a sort of swampy uh, planet. So um, as we're setting up the base and uh, other rebel squads have been scouting out the surrounding areas, one such squad came under attack from a, a alien creature that and the only information we've got is that he, it used some sort of neuro um, toxin um, it, it, when it was attacking. So we've gone off to we've gone off into the swamp to try and track this creature down uh, and uh, suss out if it if if uh, it poses a significant threat or not. So basically, all we've got, we went out on our speeders and we've found the site where we believe the attack has happened. Um, and Tom has uh, cliffhangered us here because uh, the session ended with something emerging from the mists. So I'm assuming this creature is going to be disappointing. Do, do you know what I hate? It's like in TV shows uh, or books or something. Goosebumps used to do this a lot. Goosebumps would end the chapter on something about to jump out, and then you read over the page. Oh, it was just a cat. So the, you goosebumps. I mean, that's quite a classic horror fake out. Um, yeah, just a cat is literally uh, a trope as well. Um, I, I have done a few fake outs historically where I'll end. <laughs> an episode on like a big cliffhanger, you know, you see someone walking through the mist yeah. towards you and it's like, oh my God, it's a big bad. And it's like, you know, 
a merchant <laughs> something yeah. like that um, i think that's that's just a you know subversion of expectations which can be quite funny at times and, and a, a bit of a change of pace from just doing what is the expected but in this instance uh without spoiling too much i can assure you that it, it is the threat and yeah. i think i did i did give you a description of the the creature as well that, that alluded you to did that. to be fair you did so um, I, so, I yeah. mentioned, uh, sorry to talk over you. Uh, I, I mentioned after the the session because me, you, and Scott had a, a wee chinwag um, that I really, really am. I'm really fond of the the Star Wars uh, system, the, mm. the fantasy flight game one. Um, it's a shame they don't support it anymore. To be fair, because there's, there's still a, a wealth of material they could have tapped into. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a great system uh, as much as it uses weird dice. Um, which I know not everybody loves, and I can understand why, because it's not my mm. favourite thing. Uh, it does allow a nice narrative play type uh, once you get your head around it. Yeah, I, I just appreciate the fact that it's not particularly number crunchy. It uh, means I can um, spend less time worrying about the rules and more time actually playing and enjoying the game. So... Which is weird because you work in a, a number crunchy environment. Do you think that's why you want to like Maybe. detach from I, it a bit? I, I haven't I haven't analysed it much, but yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. The fact that my nine to five is like analysing numbers, and then like when, when I suppose when the when I put my when I put my tools down, I just want to I just want to have fun, you know. I just want to chill. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I'm I'm the opposite in that mm. sense like i i obviously worked for a long time in uh investigations in insurance and i love like imposter games and any kind of deductive or investigative game <laughs> style like i just i eat that shit up you know it's, like it's probably probably because you you were i'm imagining you're quite good at them mm. and uh i i am not <laughs> I, I i cannot lie to save myself and i'm just far too trusting in others i so. i love watching people trip themselves up with them like there is just this yeah. it's it's kind of a schraudenfreude it's called or something when you you like seeing people you know messing up yeah uh, and I, I love watching people tripping over their stories and stuff and just watching it all unravel before them and be like yes i've got you you bugger <laughs> <laughs> nice and then they start panicking and backpedaling out of it um the amount of times i've played games like um Battlestar Galactica is a big kind of an imposter-based yeah. game, uh, and I've seen people like just really, really mess up, and you can see it on their face as well. You know, they say something and they're like, "Oh no, I've said too much." Um, <laughs> and we went through that that brief phase last year of playing Among Us as well, and like you get people trying to explain, you know, "I'm not, it's not me, I'm not the imposter." <laughs> well, where were you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think in one of them, someone was like, I was in this room, and it's like, what, where the body was found? Yeah, whoops. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. But uh, anyway, game, gaming-wise, I've uh, I've also been uh, playing a lot of Magic the Gathering. Um, I actually, last night, met up with some people from uh, Geekaboo, and uh, I last year, before lockdown kicked in, I bought a box of what was called Mystery Booster, uh, which is a set that is all reprints. It's an absurd amount of different cards in it. Over, I think it was 1,600 different cards available in it. 
the idea being it's supposed to recreate like what how a chaos draft feels mm -hmm. chaos drafting is like when you you draft a set of magic the gathering but it's not the packs aren't all from the same set yeah so it's uh, it, it it's to recreate that add so much fun with it i'm yeah. so like there's it, it it it's sad because i would have i would have drafted that set so much had it not been for covid so yeah. i was kind of like oh this is it's a shame that we never got to do this properly but uh, at the same time having the opportunity to actually do it at all was great yeah. i managed to get some really cool cards uh, in there as well uh, i think notably i i got an anima which I'm, uh, I've, I've been wanting to grab for some time, so nice. might build a commander deck for him. So I think it's uh, it's quite funny because that sounds like my nightmare. Uh, really, it's a set that has no theme to it. You know, it's just w random cards. Well, actually, um, pushes his non-existent glasses up his nose, and um, this is one of the things I was going to say that why I why I really love mystery boosters was you would think that would be the case but what they've actually done is they have been very deliberately picking certain cards so that there are draft themes okay uh going around so, so last year before lockdown the one chance i had to actually draft this properly i drafted a deck which was a self mill deck and i won with a card called lab maniac um which reads like if you have no cards in your your deck you win the game so the idea is i get him into play and then just b dump all of my own cards into my uh graveyard okay but so that was super fun you're talking about mechanically thematic i'm talking oh about narratively thematic okay so yeah the, 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 yeah this, this sets all over the place in terms yeah, yeah. of narrative I, I was playing. I've still been playing bits of Arena to to get a bit more experience of uh, the Forgotten Realms set, and uh, I was playing a game last night just before I went to bed, and I I can't remember what it was now, but I remember getting really angry because uh, I was playing this this guy and his deck was just all over the place. You know, it's just a bunch right. of random stuff, and I was like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Why would those two things be working yeah. together? You know, like it's just this, it's just stupid. What, what deck was he playing? I think it was. Black blue, I think it was a really awkward deck. Um, mm -hmm. Had a lot of removal stuff. It was the guy beat me. Like I, I don't want to get into it too much, but well, had, we're getting into it. <laughs> I had the guy on the ropes super hard. I think he was on like seven health, and I was on like twenty three or something. Uh, and I had like a full board. Uh, he had nothing, you know. He was top decking, uh, and he top decked one card, and it just turned the entire game around. And then like mm -hmm. the next turn or two, he tabled me. And just blew me away. Oh, um, and I couldn't do yikes. anything about it because anything I put down, he'd, he'd either counter or remove. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it was horrendous. But it, it was annoy. It, it wasn't that that annoyed me. It was the fact that all the stuff that was dropping had no correlation to each other. This is yeah. This is no consistency. Yeah. How, how how is this supposed to be immersive? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't build into this narrative at all. <laughs> yeah, oh. uh, you know, it, it'd be like watching an episode of like. He-Man, and all of a sudden, you know, Better Call Saul runs through the scene. You know, it just doesn't make any sense narratively, and that's that's how my head sees it. You yeah. know, it's, uh, his name's not Better Call Saul, uh, but that's just for context. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
People I mean, like it. Kevin Smith took that uh, Masters of the Universe cartoon a very different direction, if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a real <laughs> different spin on it. Um, that's funnily enough, actually, I was, I was watching a review of the new Space Jam movie that's right. come out, and that's apparently one of the big complaints about it. So what they have done with it is they've, they've put the Looney Tunes and smashed all the WB properties together. Like films, oh. TV shows. There's like characters from like It, Matrix, um, Game of Thrones, like all these oh, kinds of no. things in it. And people no, are like, that's just, awful. I hate yeah, that. They're like, there's just no narrative cohesion. It's just basically, you know, you, you get taken on kind of a theme park ride of look at our mm. intellectual properties, um, which is, it can be novel, you know, in, in a way. But I'm not sure if you should base a, f- a film around that premise. Yeah. Um, but then again, Roger Rabbit did something quite similar, and that's a that's a cult classic. So. Yeah, but the, there was consistency with that, though. Well, that's it. They were all cartoons, you know. That was yeah. the, That was kind of the. That was the shtick. The shtick with that, yeah. Uh, complete uh, segue, uh, as we all want to do. Um, yeah. Well, I think um, that that might be a good time to call it before we we, we ramble for much longer. So, uh, guys, as always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye.